Welcome to From the Be All End, the Burnley podcast. Um, well, it's Sunday again, and we're all sat here, and we're no happier than we've been for many of the other Sundays we've been sat here. And in fact, the only game we've not done a debrief on is the game that we won at Luton. So I'm kind of thinking we perhaps should stop scheduling these in, guys. But um, we are here. We will pick apart Burnley's 3 0 defeat to Brentford from Saturday. I'm Andrew Greaves, alongside me, uh, Chris Board and Paul Woodhouse, Justin Connolly. I was going to start with a positive in that James Trafford pulled off one or two decent saves. Hmm. Anybody? Anybody see that as a... a we've, we're yeah. grasping here, aren't we? Chris, oh, yeah. Saves, you'd expect... I, I said saves. If he's not making them, I'd, I'd have been extremely concerned. And uh, I think the, 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 the best one's probably... Uh, is it Norgard's shot? It gets uh, flicked. Yeah. You know, it changes direction uh, from uh, Visser close range. A good start, but again, it's not in the corner. It's just a change of direction at, at, at pace. But you know, he's he's made a pig's ear of the Morpe effort that uh, Charlie Taylor hacks away off the line. And hmm. I just, you know, I'm just looking at him. We, we, we were led to believe by that under twenty one squad that we're signing a goalkeeper full of full of character and, and personality that you saw in that Euro final where, you know, they, they, they backed him to, you know, to save the penalty in the, in the last minute and, you know, the double save, etc. But I'm seeing a goalkeeper from set pieces who's shying away in the pack. You know, I don't think he's particularly vocal. You know, you, you can remember Tom, you could hear Tom Eaton from the back of the, uh, back of the long side. You know, he, 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 Tom was deafening. You know, he had that presence. Pope had that presence. I think Murich ended up, you know, after the sort of initial sort of, uh, you know, battle to win over the fans, particularly after the, the you know, the Blackpool game and the, the error at uh, at Wigan that led to the penalty. But, you know, it again, you look at him in terms of, it, you know, stature, personality, character, I think he's some way behind Murich. And and, and we've, we've already picked his passing. I'm, I'm a better passer of the football. Murich is, Murich, as we've all said, he's like having Glenn Hoddle in goal. I don't see that in Trafford. He, he's, his distribution, mm. they say it nearly, I mean, it was a fabulous, uh, fabulous, uh, you know, pressing from, from, from uh, uh, was it Visser that, you know, nearly nearly forced a, a, a goal early on. But it, I'm, I'm, I'm back to where I'm not blaming him for any of the goals, but I'm, I'm in that sort of situation where it ain't working. It's time for change. Would it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I think Chris is right. I think it's. Is there a, a case to be made that for his own good? Let's not forget this is a young lad, never played above League One before this season, has cost a lot of money. At what point does it start becoming, you know, in his best interest to pull him out of that firing line, pull him out of that situation? 
there's that piece to it, isn't there? And then there's the piece to we just we just spent nigh on twenty million on a on a keeper, a young lad. And if you bring him out of the firing line now, at what point does he become a five million pound keeper? Because they soon lose the value, don't they? You know, yeah. and is that is 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 this a case of is sticking his heels in because there's that element there? But from a footballing perspective, there's no way he can play one-touch football. The reason why he's getting closed down, the reason why we have all these problems is because he's taking a couple of touches, you know, and he's slowing the play down. He can't he can't necessarily find a man. The guys in front of him aren't too sure as to where it's going or whatever. And that's where Murich is head and shoulders. Don't get me wrong, he's extremely good off his line. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's quick at getting... At, getting to the you know foot of anybody but other than that i think there's probably a case to say maybe we do want to change it up and i wasn't an advocate of that beforehand no this Mm. is the thing isn't it justin it kind of feels like we you know pre-season we were quite excited because of everything chris had said you know we were told by anyone Mm. who they saw interviewed from the under 21s squad or coaching staff saying, you know, this, this is a guy who will be England number one, you know, he's confident, he's got all that, but mm. it, it's not just his goalkeeping ability, is it? Which is what we were told he was brought in for because he was good with his feet. I mean, Dan Barnes, to be fair, the, the Bolton news reporter did say that, you know, there's one or two dodgy moments in him and that's even mm. at league one level. There is just no room for growing and having time to grow in this division, is there? No, I think that's absolutely right. And everything that everybody said is true, I think. I think there's a lot more going on in the team that's wrong that is perhaps putting him under a little bit more pressure than he might be put under under different circumstances. I don't, it's this confidence thing that worries me because I think at the start of the season, um, he, he seemed to be that player, but I think that sort of ebbed away a little bit over the... I mean, you can't be conceding 23 goals in, in how many games is it now? Not Nine games. Nine games. You can't be picking the ball out of the back of the net that often and not it not impact on, on you know, your confidence. And that, there were a couple of occasions where, you know, there was a there was a ball over the top and he, he didn't, he wasn't playing that sweeper-keeper role. He didn't come out and deal with it. He left it to the defenders and the, the defenders occasionally were looking a little bit surprised that they had a ball to deal with especially when they were getting pressed like they were. That that seemed a bit awkward. But, I mean, I, I can't say that he's done it. He's, he's not made any calamitous errors, has he? He hasn't, done, he hasn't really done anything wrong. And he hasn't, you know, let's be honest, that first half on Saturday, if if it hadn't been for the saves that he made, we would have been three or four nil down at, at half-time. And that, that, the game's completely gone then. Mm-hmm. We've, we, he's kept us in the game a little bit, Um but and like I say, I suspect, and we'll probably get into this in a minute, that there's a lot more going on in front of him. Um, you know, these these spectacular shots from, you know, sort of 15, 20 yards that keep flying into the top corner, they're not his fault. They're 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 people not closing down properly. That's weakness in the midfield. That's not enough numbers back when they when they break and all that sort of thing. So I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think, you know, if we did change that, it would be changed for change's sake, and maybe that is needed. I don't know, um, but I I think it's a bit, it's a bit 
it's a bit unfortunate to try and just lay lay it all on Traff- at Trafford's feet because I don't think he's done that badly. I certainly wouldn't lay it all at his feet, but it's no. Uh, no like I say, I just, I just, I, I hark back to last summer and you know the opportunity to sign Verbruggen. You know, mm. sort of, you know, what we were led to believe that, you know, he was barely were priced out of that move because uh, Anderlecht wanted the region of five million quid. Then go and spend not far shy of that on Murich. That if they liked Trafford, I mean, they must have been aware of him. You know, he'd had a, a season in League One with, you know, six months with Stanley and then, you know, the rest of the season with Bolton. They could have took him then and give him mm. a year in the championship. But it, yeah, see, instead you're you're asking asking the kid to make a two division jump, and uh, that's it, in front of a the most porous Burnley defence we've seen since Stan Turner's last season in charge, or, or, or even you know you know that the, the Coyle Laws season where we ended up shipping eighty two, I think it was. It's something you're on you're on par to to, to, to hit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we say persist with Trafford, do we kind of change the way that we play from the back? Do we not play as deep? Do we have to like push that line a little bit further up and do a little bit more like Newcastle do with Pop, for example? You've got to compensate for it somehow, haven't you? Yeah. You know, you either mm-hmm. accept that he can't play with a ball at his feet and then change the way that you play, or you change the personnel. It's only one or the other. You don't keep yeah. doing this shit week over week. Yeah. But the problem is, at a minute, we've We've not got a settle back four, have we? And we won't have another settle back four for the next game because of Roberts' stupidity. And I'm going to call it out as stupidity because there is absolutely no way on earth that I can put up with a defender or any footballer when you're told at the start of the season that if you delay a restart with a stupid action like throwing a ball back on the, the pitch or standing in front of a player, you're going to get carded, right? So there's no mm. excuse straight away. You know what the rules are. There's no excuse. So he's going to be suspended now, which then means... If Vitinho's fit, I presume he is, and he just wasn't. I don't think he was even in the matchday squad because of Vinny's chopping and changing. We're now having to bring Vitinho in. And Vinny will probably look at that back four and think, well, actually, Delcroix might come in for Aldekilo or O'Shea. So, again, we're changing his back four. So, as a keeper, when you're a young keeper, you know, and this is probably one of the reasons that Aldekilo's looked as shaky as he is because he's not been alongside consistently an ex a more experienced. I know Bayer's not exactly a you know veteran at the back there. But that back four has chopped and changed so much, you know. Is there a case and I fully agree with with Woody, I think, you know, yeah, absolutely. If you want to play Trafford, then you change your system. Because it is abundantly clear after nine games that the system you want to play, which you know that Murich can play if it is about finding them long passes, absolutely. Could Murich find Kolyosho or Odebar in the same way as he found Teller last year? Absolutely he could. Can Trafford? No. Can anybody else in that back four? No. No. O- O'Shea's distribution is dreadful. You mm-hmm. know, Bayer's distribution is all right. You're missing but Taylor out of Bellis, aren't you? Yeah. I knew you were going to say that, Chris, and that's the thing. So you kind of go, well, actually, we decided not to go to, for Taylor Harwood Bellis because we didn't think he was quick enough, which is what I got told. We didn't think he was developed enough to, to play that game. But then what you've done is you've then lost that ability to play those balls like we used to do to Zorori and to Benson. We'll come on to Zorori, I'm sure. You know, how he's still not getting on. But is there a case that 
if we can start, and you know, I don't want to bang on about injuries because every bugger bangs on about injuries. You know, a, a, a probably centre half pairing when fit would for me would be Ekdal and, and Bayer, one hundred percent. Because I think with Ekdal, you've got a bit of experience. He's perhaps a little bit sluggish. We saw that a couple of times last season. So he's not got the pace of Aldekiel. But then do you play Aldekiel at, at right back? You know, the minute we're just, I was I was shocked to see O'Shea in that starting mm-hmm. lineup when you've got a left sided centre half in Delcroix, who's tall. He looks pretty good in the tackle, got decent awareness, spatial awareness. And you've got two right-sided centre-halves playing next to each other. So one of them's having to play on the wrong foot. And you've got a very left-sided Charlie Taylor. He's very, very left-footed. So what you're just causing yourself problems. As soon as I saw that line-up, you kind of went, well, yeah, fair enough. We're ambitious. Well, they say, I mean, but strange, it doesn't matter. It? We just simply, they, they simply cannot defend from, you know, from, from Berger's... You know, back to goal. Give you know, giving away possessions so easily. Pop, pop. You're one nil down. And you know, you, you actually look at the goals they're conceding, and they are getting bodies back. Yeah. You know, they, they, mm. you, you always used to look at Sean's team, like I say, the, you know, as the cliche. You know, you could chuck a blanket over him, and you roughly know where you know yeah. where, where every every player would be. You know, it's not that sort of you know framework that they're working from, but they are getting bodies back. You know, like the second goal, the third goal, there's bodies there, but they're just whether they're you know the sluggish in reading situations. Or I mean, it's, it's like walking football. The second and third goals, you know, like how, how much time do you want to just to tee up Premier League football to say, mm-hmm. go on, do what you want. You know, bend one in top corner, smash one in the far far side. It's 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 embarrassing. They're just not good enough ultimately to play. You know, we can't play out from the back. We're inviting trouble. You know they've lost the range of passing from the back and 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 the midfield. If you're going to play Berger, he's not a defensive midfielder. No, Cullen. I feel sorry for Cullen. Yeah, I think that was the most disappointing element of it, wasn't it? It was like, you know, we seem we seem to have we seem to have decided after those early drubbings that we needed a bit more help in the midfield, and he brought Brownhill back into the team, didn't he? And we had a bit more. It had a bit more about it. But if you're going to play to... I mean, basically, they went back to that 4-2-4 thing, mm. didn't they? And if you're going to do that, you need like um, you need Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane as your two central midfielders, don't you? You need two proper defensive midfielders, yeah. don't you? You, you? You're not going to do it with Cullen and Berger. They're both good players in their own right. But in order to get the best out of them and get them playing in the right places on the in the pitch... You need somebody to help them, you know, and it's no good because the, the result, net result of that is you're inviting much more pressure onto your back four, which we've already decided, you know, we're not 100% about, but you can't get the ball to those four players up front because you just get closed down all the time. You get, we were absolutely overrun in the middle of the pitch yeah. there. And this, there's just, and, and then the, the, dis, the really disappointing thing was when he, when he changed it, he just changed the personnel, didn't he? he? Sort of kept the same system, just sort swap of one swap under yeah. twenty winger for another under twenty yeah, winger. Takes, which takes Berger off and puts Brownie on. We need, and when we need both of those players on the pitch and Cullen to try and get control of it again, we do, we we were never ever in control of that game, and that was because it wasn't anything to do with. Trafford's distribution or the way they were to, it was because we didn't have enough mm. bodies in that midfield. 
Yeah. The way we so started yesterday, yeah. it was just everything about it. You just knew it was going to be an horrible afternoon mm-hmm. because, yeah. like you say, we we never got going, never got <laughs> any tempo, never got mm-hmm. more than two or three passes together before we lost the ball. You know, I mean, we've not even mentioned VAR. I mean, how VAR has managed to to save us that, that right. first goal. I thought that was right, yeah. you know. Yeah, I did too, actually. It's an attacking free kick, and they've got three, four players in offside positions. Well, you, they're, they're yeah, interfering with Yeah, because he said yeah. Nathan Collins offside, who wasn't offside, of course. No, he, he wasn't. I think he played I, the ball, uh, so it may I, be, uh, maybe a... Um, Ayer and Foster are involved in a sort of a, you know they're both together, aren't they? Going for the ball when it's in mid air, yeah. the back yes. post, and it's. But if you, you know, if you if you're a, you're an attacking team and you've got four players offside from an attacking free kick, they're interfering with play by yeah. the very virtue of the fact. I, I just well, Ayer's I definitely interfering with play because he's he's tracking Foster, isn't he? Who if, yeah. so if Ayer's not there, Foster's helping Charlie Taylor deal with. You know, deal with yeah. deal with Nathan Collins. So maybe it's a I, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, maybe it's a labelling. Like you said, it said checking goal offside Nathan Collins, and I was a bit like, well, I mean, there's no way Nathan Collins is no. offside. No, you know, and he's the one who plays the header back across. But um, would it? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. This unbalance in the recruitment. We've signed seven mm-hmm. or eight players who play roughly in the same position. And didn't fill the left back berth, which we knew was a problem. Didn't get really in, in terms of Delcour and O'Shea got 0. 0.75, 0. 0.9 of a centre half, probably because Delcour's kind of left back but plays centre half. Didn't sort out that centre midfielder, which all five of us, with Simon included, were crying out for that strong, mm. rangy, defensive midfielder. It's it's becoming a bit of a failed window, isn't it? Despite all the excitement of, oh, these players look good on YouTube, and you know mm-hmm. this player's going to be the first hundred million pound player. It, it's a bit of a failure, is it not? Nine games it's, in. I mean, it's a bit of a failure now. Towards the end of the season, um, if if we do have a season where we do go down and it, you know, and it's derby esque. We're going to sit there and it's going to be like, you know, would I lie to you when David Mitchell's just been rumbled again by Bob Mortimer? And we're going to go, fucking hell, of course. You know what I mean? <laughs> we signed a load of 18-year-olds who've never played a first-team game of football in it, lad, and we expected to stay up. <laughs> Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? And that's what's going to happen. It's the 800-pound gorilla that we're slowly starting to see, mm. you know, come into view and yeah even though Kaliosho has been arguably one of our better performers this idea to get a load of untested untried youngsters as our mainstays that's the point as our mainstays Mm. is could be seen to be absolute folly at the end of it not just a failed window but an absolute Mm. lunatic window yeah I've now got Bob Mortimer holding the card (laughs) In my head, going, I once signed a load of, I once signed seven or eight players to play in the same position and thought I could survive in the Premier League as a kind of, as a running through my head. Now I don't think I'm going to be able to get about. But, it, but, but it's not hindsight, is it? It's not hindsight, no. right? You know, it's we not said hindsight. it at the time. Well, yeah, we're all. We, we was, you're excited by potential, and you're excited by spending the finances they spent, but mm. we were all saying. 
why on earth are we signing so many wide players? Why on earth are we signing so many inexperienced players? Where is this old in midfield? They signed one. We haven't seen signing the sound of Masengo. What is it? You know, yeah. mm. well, CJ Egan Riley. Chippy in a retro show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's up at the singing ringing tree, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, you've got CJ Egan Riley, who, you know, for a thick end of 18 oh, months, yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. You know, he, mm. he, he, can play as, he can play as a holding midfielder, so we're told. But it's uh, it, we were all puzzled at the time by the transfer policy. They, they signed a load of potential thinking we can make a lot of money out of these lads in you know in a, in a few years but without seemingly with, without sort of any thought as, how, as to how they're going to gel together and are, are they any good you know are they good enough to prosper at this level initially it's it's coming on to roost it's it's just really really frustrating at the moment i'm exasperated mm-hmm. mm. frustrating is a good word isn't it justin because you can kind of see the the kind of what they want to do mm. but it's like a, a car crash in slow motion <laughs> you know that well kind yeah. of all somebody needs to do is put the brakes on and kind of go right we've had us fun now <laughs> we've given everybody else a bit of a head start because we're going to storm it let's get back to basics i mean what what chris and you and what you've been talking about not getting out sharp enough not closing down wandering back they're basics aren't they they're un- they're they're you know you, there's there's no red line there at all you've just got what did Sean you say minimum requirement maximum effort maximum, are we yeah, getting yeah. maximum effort out of them players and is the problem when you bring in all these creative players that they're so used to having smoke blown up their arse because they're a bit jinxy and they're doing this and they're doing that that actually you know unconsciously they're just not used to putting in those hard mouths. But I'll tell you what, you do get the hard mouths out of Manuel Benson. You do get the hard mouths out of Zoroy when it comes to tracking back. Mm. And I'm not, again, not pointing the finger at as young wingers and things like that. But frustrating, I think, is a great word that Chris yeah. used there, isn't it? Because we can see what's up. Everyone on Up the Clarets can see what's up. Everyone on Twitter can see what's up. Yeah. Everybody in the stands can see what's up. The management team can see what's up, but it almost feels like, well, we've made his bed, so we're going to lie in it until somebody yeah. comes and joins us and we get it on and it kind of produces babies. It, 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 has, it has been massively frustrating because I think I think everybody can see the potential in the squad. They can see um, that that we have invested in players who maybe great players eventually. But I think the problem is there's just too many of them in the team all at the same time, all learning the ropes, all all getting to grips with the fact that, you know, you don't you don't get a lot of time on the ball. You know, there's a lot of there's there's two players on top of you within within milliseconds of you getting a touch on it. They're all dawdling about. They're all thinking, you know, you know, I've got I've got the space that I had in the Belgian first division or whatever, and they just don't, and they're all not. It's all just not working, is it? It's a what it is. It's 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 a massive gamble, isn't it? It's a massive gamble on saying we can just throw all these players in, and you know we've got time with them on the on the training ground, of course, but there's no substitute for experience. And when they when they play in these games, you expect them to learn and to learn quickly 
And that's the gamble, isn't it? The gamble is how quickly are they going to learn to come to terms with how quick the game is, how little time they've got on the ball, you know, how 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 the the pressing from the opposition is is just going to be on a different level. I think I think Colleosho has sort of seemed to come you know to come to grips with that quite quickly but even then he doesn't really produce much at the end of it does he he, he kind of he, go, he goes past people and then the cross isn't great you know that, he's raw isn't he? definitely raw he's raw he need, and he needs but he's one of a number of players who just look like you know they need um this is what this is what's really frustrating to me and a lot of people have alluded to this on on twitter and on the forums and so on we had a season in the in the championship which um, I came to terms with getting relegated on the grounds that we had a season in the cha- in the championship, which would allow us to recalibrate, rebuild the squad, and give players the experience they needed to then go forward into the Premier League as a as a squad that has spent a season together, and you know make a good show of it. You know everyone's saying, aren't they? We should have bought Howard Bellis. We should have got Teller. We should have got Matson. Day one, as soon as the transfer window opened, that's the first order of business. And then you build on that with the replacement for Barnes up front. You build on that with a, a central midfielder. And then you've got that experience. You've got that way of playing. We have, we had an identity last season. We had a way of playing. This season, I, I, it's, it, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. So, yeah, it's really frustrating that, that we've made this gamble whether it comes off or not, I think still remains to be seen. I think we need to get the balance right between going help. I mean, I think on Saturday we 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 tried to do that thing that he seems quite keen on, which is overwhelm the opposition with our pace up front. We never got the ball anywhere near Trezor and 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 uh, Odebert down the left hand. We never got the ball near him because we didn't have enough strength in the centre of the park. So we we need. That pragmatism that he he brought in that got us a few points, he seems to have just thrown that out of the window again. And he talks a lot about progress. I I see this game as a really worrying, massive step backwards yeah. to 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 what we were trying to do before we realised that we couldn't just sort of overwhelm people with our pace up front because you need to be a bit more wily than that. Mm. Um, so frustrating, yeah, but also quite. It's, it, I'm, I'm beginning to worry that the big gamble is not going to pay off. And Woody, we've said a couple of times, haven't we, that, you know, I think Simon's used the word kind of, are we being too cute? You know, I, I don't think Mike Trezor has done enough to keep his place. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to think at some point in this season, Mike Trezor is going to pull off a mask scooby-doo style and it's the fucking ghost of dame richards or something like that because at the minute he does not look like the belgian player of the year if, if, if that's the belgian player of the year standard then i'm one good season away from becoming a demigod at royal antwerp or something like that because he's just not showing anything when you've got someone like brun larson who's chomping at the bit. I mean, he quite rightly looks absolutely miffed to have been sacrificed for Delcroix once Roberts had, you know, done his mm-hmm. stupidity. Mm. We are, it's now tipping into that point. I think actually, I think Simon also used the word arrogance at one point to describe company after two matches, which might have been ludicrous at that point, but it is almost that stubbornness 
that mm-hmm. kind of trying to be too cute and thinking that it will come good, that's going to start turning into a real kind of, you know, mental block, you'd think, at some point for, for Vincent Company, isn't it? Because if he can't, at this stage of a season, realise that actually a little bit of pragmatism, get the project back on track and then start mm-hmm. experimenting, he's in trouble, isn't he, in terms of, you know, what outsiders think about his tactical nous when you think about, you know, is he going to be the next city manager at this rate? You know, Chester City maybe, you know. He's <laughs> certainly not going to be Manchester City, is it? No. No. And it's we all saw that team sheet, and I think everybody, not just on this pod, but all Burns fans went, shit. We knew exactly <laughs> what was coming yesterday because we'd seen it previously. So that's that level of stubbornness. We've just spoken about it, you know, reverting back to type, this idea of having, you know, um, Berger as a defensive midfielder. We know it hasn't worked. So why the devil has he gone back to it again? Now, that's either stubbornness, stupidity. What is it? You know, hmm. we've, we've seen it not work, and we saw it yesterday not work. And the thing that worries me, I can accept if we bust a nut, et cetera, but you started to see like heads going a little bit yesterday. And once you start seeing heads going and some of the talk afterwards from Cullen, even uh, uh, even from Vinny in his, their interviews after, there was a lot of despondency there. And once you start hearing a level of negativity and they not you, you don't hear the same buying into the project as they were previously, it seems like platitudes almost after yesterday. That's what kind of worries me. If they start losing that belief in what it is that they're trying to do, we really are fucked because no change of system, personnel or whatever is going to get over that kind of, you know, mm. squad despondency. And that's what happens when you lose all these games on the bounce, you know. And so I, I'm, I am slightly worried about that, definitely. And I don't know how we, I, I don't know how we get out of it either, to be honest with you. Here's it's, a question, like, Chris. I'm going to ask you this question well, first. Um, and I'm asking this purely because it is being talked about. It is being asked on forums. Do you replace Vincent Company? No. As ludicrous no, as that sounds after nine games, with the investment we've made, are we at a point where we have to at least start thinking about this is this project, if we want to stay in the Premier League, needs a new train driver? I say, we talk about credit in the bank, don't we? And he, he, he's he is learning on the job as well, like his uh, like his younger his, his young players. But uh, I mean, that would be ludicrous, wouldn't it? On the back of what he achieved last season, he's scratching around at the moment. Is he? He's, he's he's got that sort of like I say, stubborn is the word. You know, he won't. He's it, it happens a lot, doesn't it? He's sort of managers who it's my way or the highway. We we we're going this way, and you know, we're not altering my philosophy, whether that's a really you know, very, very sharp tactical philosophy or just a Keegan-esque, we're going to try and score more than you, like Coyle, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to work on, I'm not going to work on the defensive side of things because we're going to try and entertain every week. And if we get beat 3-2, then so be it. But, you know, it's, it's the same, the same result in the end. You know, Holloway was the same at Blackpool, wasn't it? You were, we're going to entertain. Well, yeah, yeah, you got entertainingly got relegated. You know, and and and, and yeah, 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 come back since it's 
it's uh, the, 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 the certain sort of things, you know, tactically we spoke before the before Saturday's game. So, you know, will Brentford play a back three or a back four? And they went with the four. You know, is he is he being... Uh, Sean Dyche got the criticism that he was reactive rather than proactive. Now, we say with, with the changes he made during the game, and it, they were just say like for like. You know, are you going to try and influence the game and change the the flow of the game? You know, we aren't, we aren't seeing that even. We just you know, see if someone else can perform better in 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 that role. You know, within our system, it's that's that's not working. You know, it needs a real real rethink. We've got defensive minds there. You know, Vincent's one of the great centre halves of the Premier League era. And you've got Mike Jackson, who we all saw in the last seven or eight games two seasons ago, knows how to organise and, and and set out a team. And you've got, you know, see Craig Bellamy, who, who, who you know, went, went the other way in his, his career. But if we can't organise a defensive structure with those two on, on the backroom staff, what's going on? That, that is ultimately, we aren't good enough defensively. We've got these like, really exciting talents. As like Justin said earlier, they ain't, we ain't getting the ball to them. You've got Ayer at right right back, who's you know he's he's just fish out of water. You know, and as yeah. soon as Collie Oshaw gets one run on him, booked. You know, and, yeah. and like we've seen with so many fullbacks, we're not running at them often enough after that. You know, it, it's just uh, it's getting the ball to these players. You know, are we going to play with a you know, let's say a, a more pragmatic midfield three, or are we, we are we seemingly going in with this like a front four? Well, if you ain't getting the ball to them, you might as well give up. You know, it's, yeah. we need to balance is another word that's been used tonight. We haven't got anywhere near the balance, and until that, that, mm. that that's for that's for Vincent to sort out. But you know, he's he's long enough in the tooth and experienced enough to, you know, to know that's the drill. But that's you, you're only your only worry is if, uh, like, say, Alan Pace had only just give Sean a contract in the whatever it was September October two seasons ago and then with seven or eight games to go push the button and panicked you know does he go down that route and think my word we desperately need from a financial perspective to, to retain Premier League status and someone else is going to have to come in we've all seen it done haven't we like you know Le- Leeds have done it a couple of times you know you know, it, 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 it didn't, didn't work for them last time no. so you just yeah you just you, you wonder whether that might happen late in the day but at this point in time no the long winded answer to your question <laughs> would it uh, Shag Mary avoid no no not Shag Mary avoid wrong podcast back or sack oh back or sack that sounds bad as well back, are you back in company back, or sack back, 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 back. Back. I'll be having one later don't you worry about it <laughs> uh, I mean, it'd be it it would it would be absolute folly. It'd just be stupid if you want to see us like spike going to a complete death spiral as a club yeah by all means Fire him off and and just start being reactionary and start acting like dicks. At least we 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 have to at least give him the time for the project, whatever that may be, whatever you know, however long it's going to be. Um, yeah, I will. I'll I'll, I'll stick with him no matter. And this will be an early season. There's no two ways about it, by hook or by crook. But um, yeah, stick with him by all means. Yeah. It's a, I think it's like you say. It's it's a it's a ridiculous it's a ridiculous statement. Justin, for a full house, you know, us three all back company <laughs> with your usual cheerful disposition, I presume you're going to join yeah. us and give him the full backing of the From the Be All End uh, 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 podcast team. 
I can't I can't even believe it's uh, it's a debate that people are having. Um for me, even if we get relegated, I still stick with him and give him the opportunity to take us yeah. back up again. You know, he, he, he's a, he's a he's an inexperienced manager who's learning on the job, and every, hopefully he's learning something from every game that we play. So he, we've been very very impressed by him as as a articulate. I mean, I, I love listening to his press conferences because. He absolutely steadfastly refuses to get engaged with any sort of cliche, uh, and 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 gives get, gives quite thoughtful and serious answers about to to all the questions. So we know he's a smart guy. He's impressive. We can't forget what he did last season. You know that that was just a set that you know one of the most exciting, sensational seasons that I've ever witnessed in my you know. 50 years as a Burnley fan or whatever. But, and I, and I think that the longer we stick with him, the better he, he will become. So, you know, it might be a roller coaster. Obviously, it's looking that way at the moment. It's looking like there's going to be more downs than ups this, this season and it's going to be a bit of a struggle. But you've got a, you know, you've got at times like this, it's when you've got to back them. It's, time, it's times like this when you've got to say, okay, you're, you're telling us this is what you want to do. We trust you, and we'll come with you. Um, and and I think Burnley, as a fan base, certainly will do that. I hope the ownership do the same. I think what I think their opinion of it, their decision will be made based on the financials, won't it? How much of an absolute calamity financially would it be for us to be relegated? We don't know because we've. You know, we don't know what the structures of the deals that are in place and the wage structure and all that. I would imagine if it gets to the point where it's looking likely that we're going to get relegated, if if that happens, and the investors, you know, these mysterious people in the figures who keep putting these millions of pounds in start getting a bit twitchy, then maybe he'll maybe he'll push the button. As Chris said, he 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 didn't he didn't seem to agonise too much over pressing the button on on probably the greatest Burnley manager of our lifetime. Um, so I, I, I suspect he might not um, have too much sentimentality about this one if the financials don't work and the pressure from the investors comes in. But for me, Vincent Company, you know, is is the manager of Burnley Football Club for the foreseeable future. No doubt about that. Excellent. Well, I think we we tried to start on a positive. <laughs> I think we've ended on a bit of a positive there in that we all back Vincent Company. Um, no update, I'm, I presume, on on little drummer boy coming in to uh, to kind no. of help push the team. And I was, was going like to say, that. that's what we need, isn't it? We need an optimistic drummer to make us feel yeah. a bit more upbeat, don't we? Yeah. I think for Palace at home, we need to hire in 21,000 optimistic Burnley fans, uh, depending <laughs> on how next week's game at Bournemouth goes. Um, we'll leave it there for, uh, for this debrief. Um, Sorry it wasn't any more positive. We try to be as positive as we can. It's just bloody difficult at the minute, isn't it? Um, don't forget to like, share, um, review, rate, do whatever you can on, on podcast platforms uh, just to help get us in front of more Burnley fans like yourself. Um, we always love feedback on Up The Clarets uh, and on Twitter and Facebook. We're at BO Podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with a preview of that now seemingly six-pointer against Bournemouth. Um, hope you have a good week despite the results, uh, and we'll see you on Friday.
up the clarets. Jimmy McElroy to Watson. Go. 